Hi, this is JR from Less Than Jake, and you're listening to Sunset Flip Radio. Thank you, fuck you, bye-bye, everybody. I love that song. You know why I love that song? Is because we talked about it before we came on the episode. Uh, we talked about how in Seinfeld, there is a reference to Superman in every episode. If anybody out there didn't know that. Yeah, I did not know that. We were on a Seinfeld kick for the past three weeks. I just noticed that. Well, I, I just, I kind of found it. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, okay, you know, I'm watching it. And then, as I was saying to you before we came on, on the air here, I was like, they're the, f- it's the four worst people on the planet. They I don't are know the how. Four very bad people. You know what that they remind me of? An early, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Just yeah. not as gritty because the characters and how shitty of people they are. They're horrendous human beings. Jerry Seinfeld plays a, a doucher. He is, and and I'm. They're I'm all like, the Good Samaritan episode. Yeah, they're all douchebags. They're, they're all terrible people. They're all they don't really people. care about you. Yeah, they don't really care about it because you know it's just just me processing it for the first time. Mm-hmm. It's still hysterical. It is. I find it very funny. It's a show about nothing. It's a show about nothing. It has no plot. Very few nothing episodes. Nothing carries continue. over. Yeah. yeah. Other than little things here and there, maybe the boyfriend, which is named Putty. Putty. You know, David Putty. David Putty. That's my move. Hey, high five. Think about it. Put it this way. Susan died from licking envelopes of George's and her wedding, and George (laughs) went cheap, and she died due to poisoning. (laughs) And there was no mourning for the character. There was nothing at all. He just went along, went to the cafe, went to Monk's. Monk's. Got his chicken salad on rye. Then he went the complete opposite way. That's another good episode, The Opposite. When, that's when he first gets employed by the New York Yankees. But oh, I gotta watch that. I mean, I can just. I was spit watching all of season nine, which is the last. Yes, the so last season. I'm it's funny because the last season is probably my least favorite. Uh, season nine is okay. I mean, my bread and butter is like right now, like three and four. three through five is okay. really good. You got season some bangers four, I think in there. Is on like uh, Comedy Central or somewhere now. It's the syndication is ridiculous. And I mean, it's, they're on at it's least crazy. two stations. That's our goal. Third. Our goal is to get syndication, that, everybody Netflix. out there. Hey, syndication. Get syndication on Sunset Flip Radio. <laughs> we also have to get a sponsor, so yes. one baby step at a time here. Yeah, Sunset Flip Radio for the 95th time. Uh, welcome back. It's been a while back. since we've been in studio. Yeah, too. yeah, yeah. Welcome back for the 95th time. Uh, your number one podcast for the art and sport of professional wrestling. As always, I am your co host, the $100 man, Thomas Lisi. Join with the most handsome dad who is back now in the room. Because last week he was on the phone, Mr. Alex Drayton. Hey, yo, last two weeks I've been on the phone. Well, yeah, we went Instagram Live for one of our episodes yep, yep. for the new year. And last week Alex recorded from his house. Yes. And uh, the Rona, the Rona, I, I, I can't say it got me or or Julia, little Julia, but and I didn't, Aubrey didn't get it, but I apparently I tested positive for COVID. Okay. And my daughter did too. Um, but I was fine. Just like Roman Reigns. Just it happens like to everybody. Reigns. Yeah, it happens to the best of us. You know what I mean? And and you're and for your job. Well, I'm just pissed off because I, I was like, I'm so super careful. Yeah. And, you know, my boss put it this way. He was like, listen, you made it through for two years. Yeah. In the environment it, it that you. you work at in multiple places that you've been. And, you know, now whatever, you know, Think sooner about or it. later. It's we like could have had it when it first started and we didn't know. Right. You know what I mean? Like. I mean, I never tested. I tested probably maybe eight times because of my surgery and because of work. Mm, mm, mm. Um, but 
I've never tested positive, but that doesn't mean I never could have had it before. Yeah, I'm probably you know somewhere I mean? up in like the 50, 60 range of how many times I've tested. Really? Yeah, because I had to twice. I was doing two twice a week oh, at yeah. my last job. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. That is pretty crazy. It was, it was crazy. Yeah. Which to this point, I'm like, all right. And the ladies at my new job are like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm like, go ahead. Just rip up that nostril, man. Go ahead. <laughs> that thing's raw. That's raw. <laughs> Done. That is raw right Done. there. So we have a huge episode today because um, we're going to be doing things a little bit different here. So we're going to be doing our normal episode banter about the art and sport professional wrestling. But directly after this episode, we will be uh, joined with special guest professional wrestler Mike Verna, the yes. man of steel. Mike Verna. Uh, we first seen Mike back in June. Back in June at Invictus Pro Wrestling yep. up, in up in Lunaki, somewhere up there, right near Giant Stadium. Yep. Uh, we sponsored the show, Empire Rising, and Mike Verner wrestled another wrestler, uh, Gio Galvano. He wrestled, who was also on AEW Dark. And when Mike came out, we were like, "This guy got the look." We said, "I, I think I he has the you. look." Yeah, he has yeah, the look. He has the look. Um, his gimmick is the Man of Steel because he looks like Superman. He's got the chin. He's got the build. The build, the hair, the move set, size, speed. He's also an actor. Yep. Too. He's a SAG actor. Yeah. Too. So, so guess what? When you're a part of SAG, you get health care. If I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. So kudos to him because for life now that he's a SAG actor card. Uh, just like Sasha Banks is part of yep. SAG now too, she's got a health insurance. Good for her. That's important. Like that's crazy. Remember, they're independent workers. That's it. Yeah. Independent contractors. Independent yep. contractors. So Mike, get a nice ten ninety nine. I'm sure yeah. at the end of every year. Which <laughs> so, sucks. So what we're doing is we're gonna be recording our episode, and then directly after we're done, we're gonna be airing our interview with Mike. Yeah, we'll be so, joined live on Zoom. Yeah, we're gonna have a Zoom interview with Mike at nine o'clock. Uh, right now it's 7.58, so we're going to be doing our episode. We master it, we save it, we add the interview, and then we will release the episode. But by now you're listening to the episode anyway, so right. it so doesn't really matter. So thank you for point. listening at this point. And stay tuned till after. <laughs> yeah, stay tuned till after to our, for our interview with Mike Verna. Mike has toured the independent circuit. He did have a couple matches on AEW Dark. Uh, they are on YouTube if you actually wanted to watch them. Uh, he's wrestled uh, Ricky Starks. He's been part of a couple trios matches against the Gun Club. Um, so, you know, we're just going to be talking about wrestling, how he got into it, how to get the AEW, all this fun stuff. So um, right. try uh, not to ask the lo- the easy softball questions. Yeah. Like, you know, I don't want to. What's <clears throat> your favorite move? <laughs> right. Like, I, I wrote a nice list. Of, yeah. When, when Tom, Obviously, Tom and I confirmed ask, this yeah. last week for sure, 100 percent that we were doing this. Yeah. I immediately got out my phone and I was just writing notes. And yeah, stuff. I so mean, uh, I have a whole thing in notes, and and you know, we only have them for so so much time. So I, keep it short and sweet. Yeah, keep it short and sweet. But it's funny because I have some good questions, and and more so about like his acting and little things like that yeah. that'll make it fun. You know, obviously, you want to know his influences and everything like that, and what got him into the sport of professional wrestling, and right, that's the stuff that I like. I like the nerdy stuff, but I mean, you now it's gonna be a great interview. Um, so stay tuned for that. Yeah, man. But even something better. No, not not really something better, but something just as great as us interviewing another professional wrestler on our podcast, just like we did Tito Santana and Tom Brandy and Darren Young, and oh, and stick and stick with us for the next few episodes because you know we might get a new drop from them too. Yes, it's a new been drop. a while. It's been guys. a while for the drop. A while. We know it's we been a little we have dry. interviewed a lot of wrestlers already, and that's a great thing. And another one on the board for us with Mike Verner. So that is awesome. But 
something that I want to talk about, which actually happened the day after we recorded our last, ep- our last episode on Thursday of last week, is the WWE, in my opinion, did the smartest booking that they can do with Seth Rollins. Oh, shit. We actually have his email in here. I didn't really look through this like invite you sent me last yeah. week. I just could, clicked accept oh, as yeah, soon as I, possible. I have his email. Oh, that's tight. Yeah. Sorry. Seth Rollins is going to be wrestling Roman Reigns at Royal Rumble. Yeah, dude. This is huge. First of all, so this let, is huge. Let me start by saying that I can't watch it live because I'm I'm going to a wedding that day. So that weekend. Wow. Yeah, I know. I didn't realize wow. it. It didn't really hit me. And I knew this wedding was coming for two years. How about I this? Just, I, just I, got one really. even, I got one even worse. If the Buffalo Bills make the AFC Championship, it's on that day. It's on that day. Oh well, I know what you're picking. I gotta pick the Bills. Fine, no, I gotta pick the Bills. So that makes me happy because I can re- I can rewatch the Rumble. Yeah, I can't rewatch the Buffalo Bills. Don't go on your phone. Fuck no. I I gotta kind of shut. But up. I'll be in a hotel room. But they may be like the three o'clock game. There's two games: three o'clock and six o'clock. Oh well, yeah. So well, if there's three o'clock, I'm good. Well, you it's get the best of both out. worlds that yeah. day. You pray for three. Pray for three. One game at a time. We'll see what happens. But, um, I mean, this Royal Rumble, Roman Reigns getting COVID. On paper, this Royal Rumble is turning out to be a banger. It is. And remember, low-key, Royal Rumble had some beautiful matches over its existence. It does. That aren't the Royal Rumble match itself. Yeah. Including the women's match now. Which the women's match now, we I, I was texting you because I, I was just so I, I was so caught up in it. That um, you know, we're opening. I hate to use the AEW term of forbidden door here. No, we are. It's opened. It's open. Like, how I'll, how open it is? I like how we say we like we like we like, like we work for WWE. It, right? Yeah. Uh, how open that quote unquote door is is we'll find out on the pay per view. Yeah. Because we'll see if there's any other surprises, and more so, we'll see if anything comes from it in the following weeks. My money's on a no. This is just kind of like a, here you go, guys. We're giving you something because we haven't given you really much in two years. They're teasing a male competitor I heard to Moose, be for Pendendor. But I don't know. Moose, I mean, obviously. I, I can't I can't think. Somebody was like, oh, it should be, uh, I guess it's CM Punk. Mor- Morrissey, who the former oh. would be Kaz, But Yeah, that'd be weird. Having Morrissey debut as Morrissey, but yet we all know it, this big cast. It's different. Yeah, I don't know how yeah, that works in that That's game. weird. I don't know. That's like that's like so that, Zack that's Ryder. Almost, yeah, like that's Zach almost, Ryder debuting as Mike Card- Cardona again. Right, that's almost a guaranteed no. Yeah, but you can have Chelsea Green go back. I think now this is really bad for me to say this, but I mean whatever. I don't know him well, but Roman Reigns getting COVID kind of helped the WWE. If he, like, I get it. it. Did. I know where you're going. It with did. It. Think about it. Did it did. It? I don't know. We we'll never know. It did because it forced them to think outside of the box. Yeah. It's not a bad thing. No. And thank God, you know, he's fine. Good. Yeah. You know, he's, he's immunocompromised. We know that. So we were worried about him. He's perfectly fine. And he's good. Yeah. But Brock Lesnar wins the title. Now he's on Raw, technically. He's going against Bobby Lashley. Now we're going to go. For the go... first time ever, which finally we get something. I'd rather see it at WrestleMania, but that's fine. Do you think it'll go there? No. Okay. But we're getting something even better than that, which is Rollins versus Reigns. Rollins instantly becomes a guy that says, wow, he can beat Reigns. Yes. This feud of them meeting up now in their careers is way more intriguing than when we wanted it a few years ago. 
because yeah. they're in different places and better places if that. And, you know, it's very exciting. It's very, very exciting. You know, you, you can really get behind it, and yeah. it's something really to look forward to. That no, it's, rumble it's is a going great to feel. be a, I think it won't be a memorable one. I it's going to be a good reasons. rumble. Yeah. And, I mean, some other matches were added. Yes, you know, we were going to see Becky Lynch against Dewdrop, but that's just a filler match. Right. But if you really look into the different avenues that the WWE can go with Rollins versus Reigns, you have unlimited options. Absolutely. You really do. You can have Rollins win clean. You can have Rollins win in a schmoz. You can have Reigns win clean. You can have Reigns win in a schmoz. It, it depends on where you want to go. And it depends how, on where the match is You're not making any of them look weak no. because yeah. they're so strong. Uh, you know, Roman hasn't lost in, what is it now, 500 days? Didn't yeah. they just promote something like that? So, you know, by then it'll be, you know, at least 520-something days. Now, we all know. But, yeah. We uh, all no, know that. 15. The men's Royal Rumble is the main event. I see Brock and Bobby going first of the whole night, in my opinion. Yeah, because Brock's got to do his thing and leave. Maybe. Or maybe he stays and wins the Rumble. See, it's so un- it's so unpredictable because you can still do Roman versus he Brock. He didn't did he? He's did won he the Rumble. He won yeah, the Rumble? 2003. Oh, all right, all right. You can still... He won the year that... um he beat the Rock. No, he won the year that he beat Kurt Angle at WrestleMania. Okay, that was got WrestleMania it. 19. Got it. That was 17 years ago, 2003. Yeah. So you can actually have Brock lose the belt to Bobby in a schmoz, then have him winning the Rumble. Think about and it. That, we, and that's a course corrector. Yeah. Think about it. We can see at WrestleMania. But, you then, can, but then what happens? So then that means Seth's got to lose. Yeah. You can okay. So, so it's a course correction. Yeah, that's fine. So Roman wins clean, beats Seth. That right? makes me that makes me disappointed because all we did was go back to where we were supposed to be, mm-hmm. and it almost makes it like okay, this is what I'm saying about the make good. Yeah, they gave us a little something, thrown us off the scent. We all know where it's supposed to go. Now they have to get back to it somehow. Or how about? Or you can even or you go just this switch way. The belts. I've been I've you, been hearing you, about. You can but. even you can even go this way. Now this is a theory that I kind of just thought of in the past 15 seconds so say if Brock wins so you're saying there's a chance so you're saying Brock wins right say if Reigns loses due due to Brock but Reigns wins the Royal Rumble yeah that would piss a lot of people off and uh, yeah that you want to talk about heat yeah, that's what I'm saying. You build the heat you build the heat now he he was already a heel now Now Reigns goes to Raw yeah right and then Rollins would have the universal title on SmackDown. So what is SmackDown? What is Fox getting back though? Because you know they got to get a King's Ransom back. Yeah, Roman is big. A lot of people want to see Big E versus Seth Rollins, and I don't. I saw that match on Monday night. I think that Big that E. That was it. I think that's it. Damn. That that could be the final nail in the coffin that's for him. That's fucking disappointing. He lost clean to Seth Rollins. He did. He, he, he's clean looking right at the lights. Clean, like no schmas. Clean, and that match just came out of nowhere. I'm just happy they went into a match. So did I. And Seth Rollins actually kind of played the babyface, saying, "All right, let's do this match right now." Yeah, you know what I mean. Normally, the old Seth Rollins would be like, "Okay." I thought he was hightailing it. So did I. I thought when the bell rang, he was gonna escape and run out, but he beat Big E clean. Now Big E took a huge drop. Think of the path Big E's been on since he became champion. I've seen you posted it. It's it's unmemorable. We talked about it last week. Loss after loss. 
disqualification, win win a couple cheap wins, loses gets pinned by Lesnar, right? Gets loses to Rollins the next week. Yeah. Right? He has no momentum going into the Royal Rumble. But a lot of people think that he can win the Royal Rumble. I don't want to see Big E win the Royal Rumble because he just won Money in the Bank. Okay. That's bad booking. To me, that's lazy booking. If you have him win both of the chances to get the title, the easiest way to yeah. get the title, you have him do it. That means that you don't want to tell the story of his journey, which means that you're wasting him as a character, which means you're wasting everyone's time, which means you're wasting the gimmick of both of those special matches, Money in the Bank and Royal Rumble. To put the same guy. So the the, the one thing about the Rumble, and i got to fix this microphone next week, um, the one thing about the Rumble is, you know, you hope it catapults somebody else into this next level okay. and puts them in the main event. If you keep cycling in the people that we're already seeing in a different way, it's still boring. So yeah. it makes the match meaning meaningless with every other guy. I mean, listen, out of the 30 people, 18 of them are jobbers anyway. Yeah, and you know, you Dominic 12, Mysterio, you know what I mean? Austin like, Theory, people who obviously have Rey no Mysterio. chance, but you just like to see how it goes. We all know this, that's, yeah. and that's fine. It, it's part of. the I think there's the really show. only five guys I can win the Royal Rumble. Okay, five legitimate. But now, now when we go over to the women's side, now it's all bets are out the window because I don't know what's going on because now Charlotte entered herself into it as a champion. So well, I know, she had to. I know Brock. Now, if she wins, she gets to pick her opponent, which almost makes me think she's going to win because they haven't done that before. I think if she she's not going to win, but I think if she did win, then she would have to she wouldn't have to defend her title. If, you know what I mean? Well, well, yeah, yeah, I guess. And then you would get a challenger in the months. To come. Yeah, you would. But I mean, if you really look at the men's division, there's only five names in my opinion, maybe even less than that, that can really that you can see actually winning the rare mumble. I'm gonna say AJ Styles is one. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, you I know, think that, going that, back I to think, the Rollins angle here, I mean, that's really hot. AJ Styles. I think, I think you posted that too. Yeah, I think AJ has a legitimate chance. I don't want to put that's Big who E. I want to win. Who AJ? Yeah. So do I. Yeah. I don't want to see Edge. The, the pot, I, I don't want to see Randy Orton. Oh, absolutely. And the reason why is because he's somebody different. He that's is. my point. And he's never won. And yeah. he debuted at the Royal Rumble. He's never right. won the Royal Rumble yeah. either. Yep. We already seen Seth Rollins win. And he's had some really shitty WrestleMania matches. You you realize that though? Yeah. His first WrestleMania match was against Chris Jericho. Yeah. In Dallas. It was the second match of the night. Mm -hmm. That was a shitty match. The Nakamura match was horrendous. I know. Um what other matches he's been in? When he wrestled uh Randy Orton. Yeah, we couldn't see it. We couldn't <laughs> see it. Uh what other what? matches has he been in? He wrestled Shane McMahon, the opening match of WrestleMania thirty three. Uh huh. He went over. He won on that. He won that one though. But you know, he. I think he deserves better. Yeah. I think what he did in NXT was was a good bump for them. And I and I think there's good coming back to him for that. There is. You're so, you're gonna get gifted this. Yeah. And if it's a Royal Rumble win, that would be huge That's, for his career. Absolutely. It's one thing he I hasn't mean, done. Yeah. He hasn't. He hasn't been a Royal Rumble champion. And for once. In a very long time, everybody can get behind that. I don't think you'll see another repeat winner this year. Edge was a repeat winner last year. That's right? fine. It's, we're, That's we're, perfectly we're fine. Pa we're past that. So so we're going to take this list and shrink it down even more then. So guys like Big E, who's never won. Kevin Owens, who's never Is won. Is there anybody? Do you think anybody? AJ Styles, can, who's never won. Right. So you're you're thinking of along the lines of first timers this, this yeah. year. Yeah. Okay. 
That's fine because that narrows it down to, like you said, an even smaller list of people. Even Finn Balor. Here's my dark. You want to want to know who my dark horse is for the Royal Rumble, yeah, and he's going to be in the final four. Damian Priest. Yeah. He's not going to win it, but he'll you, be. I mean, he's had such a huge year. Why not? You know how there's always that one guy who makes it to the final four, and that one guy in the final four is like, oh, it's always somebody fresh. It's like, always somebody who deserves it and and work hard that year. Do you remember too, when you know Roman that? won? He eliminated Rusev. Yeah, and I thought Rusev was going to win it next yeah. year. Everybody's yep. like, "Oh, Rusev's, Rusev's got, got it in it. the bag yep. next year. He's going to do it next year." And then look, never did. Here, here's yeah. your shovel. Yeah, dig yourself out or dig yourself into the hole. Yeah, you know what I mean. So I think Damian Priest. Yeah, yeah, I think Damian Priest is going to have a sleeper Royal Rumble like success wise. Top, he'll be in the the final ten. He'll be in the final no two. Oh, no, I'm, I'm moving Four. out. And I said Four. the final ten. Yeah, oh yeah. I can Definitely. see him as high as yeah. If he's not in the top four, he's the last five. I see. I see top four with him. Definitely, I see top four with him. I think that he, again, he has the potential. He has the look. He has the character. He has the speed, the size, everything, everything, everything that everything you need. Want. Everything that you need, he has. So, everything they want. I mean, it's 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 right there. It yeah. literally For, is absolutely, right there. man. So. The woman is interesting. Sasha Banks is out with a legitimate injury, six to eight weeks. The yeah. shoe in was for her to win the Royal Rumble, right? Because WWE wants Bianca and Becky at WrestleMania. Now, for Bianca to get there, I think that she's going to win the Elimination Chamber to get there. But they're not going to have Bianca win back to back. The easiest way to get there is to have the easiest Sasha way- win. But she's not going to be there now. Nope. So now, what do you do? This is the this is the problem that the WWE has. What do you has. do? I mean, in, in in times like this, this is where WrestleMania uh, WrestleMania uh, WWE shoehorns people in. Like yeah. at the last minute, they're like, oh, "Shit!" You know, they. If I don't know how how hurt Bailey is or how uh, she, hurt no, Oscar she, is, she's still on crutches. I think. Really? Oh yeah. shit! Damn, that's a long. I mean, I know it's an ACL, and this was back in July, so it's not. It's only half the time normally. You I mean, her. right now she's not John Cena. No, I mean Charlotte didn't. Charlotte did put herself into the match. Um, yeah. Do I think <laughs> I think Rhea Ripley is not there yet? Even though she was final she two last year, dude. She hasn't been. And she's I think been, the year before that too, um, or the final four the, the last two years. Yeah. Um, now she's she, shooting with Nikki. She, yeah. Nikki's on her way out the door, I think. What do you if if I what about Alexa Bliss? I was man. about to say That's that. It. I was about to say that. Ding ding ding. She may be the odds-on favorite right now, with especially the with, with, with huh with with Sasha out of the picture. And you can't have Charlotte win it, right? No, it defeats the purpose. Again, it then why am I watching it? Yes. Yes, she put herself into it, which gives you a little bit of a wrinkle in the what if possibility mm-hmm. what if a champion does win it that was like remember when brock lesnar was number one he eliminated yeah. 12 guys yep. and he got bro kicked all the way you know to next week yeah so um yeah yeah i mean if she wins it she would have won back to back years who charlotte uh, yeah no bianca won last year yeah and then, the year before that was charlotte okay thank I you think. so it's a was repeat it? She didn't. No, that was Becky the year uh, of New York WrestleMania. But 
Charlotte won. Yeah, but no, the year after Becky was Charlotte. Yeah. Because Charlotte challenged Rhea Ripley. Yes, yes. And won the NXT title at the opening night two of WrestleMania. Got it. Performance Center Mania. Anything anything she touches turns to gold. I'm sorry. Anything she does is gold. So, gold, Jerry, gold. So, Um, So, if she won it, and she gets to pick her opponent because that's the stipulate. That's what she said on mm-hmm. TV. Uh, who, who do you pick? She could pick Sasha. Sasha would be back by then. Right, and then it's yeah, like, but that's that, that's just lazy booking. That's like, my point. That's the laziest way that the WWE can book that Rumble. Right, they're like, we can't think of anything, so let's do this. It might seem original, but it's not. They're gonna like, just who are you gonna person. have win? You have Summer Rae win. You're going to have Kelly Kelly win. You're going to have Nikki Bella win. No. Knockout champion Mickey James going to win? No. Trash, you know what I mean? Trash bag. Trash bag? No. Fucking Nikki Ash? No. The no. problem is they cut so many women. They got rid of 30 women. They <laughs> like, got rid of all these shots. He's like the only one hanging around. That's the only one that makes sense, or at, to be honest. Shotzi? Or There's no way Shotzi's going to win the Royal Rumble. Or Liv Morgan, because now she's not in that other match. Mm. So yeah. that's why it's Alexa Bliss. And I think Alexa, I don't know if she's on Raw still. I forget where she is. Well, she returned on. to Raw. I think she Oh, okay. So she's on I, Raw. I think she is on All Raw. All right. So yeah, that makes sense Raw. that she would then challenge Charlotte. Who? Uh, Alexa? Alexa? Well, well, she would check. Becky's on Raw. Oh, Becky's on Raw. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But All right. Remember, remember, this is us saying that's if. But no, she gets to choose whatever. So it doesn't matter. That is true. Yeah. So there yeah. you go. There you so, go. Okay, now so I you could, it up. So you could have Liv Morgan. And then you can get Charlotte versus Sasha, the the cheap. Liv Morgan could be in the top final five. Oh, Liv Morgan's going to be top final three, in my opinion. Then you have, uh, I know Naomi will be there in some I think, capacity. I, I think Nikki Bella will be out. top five. Nikki Bella that, will be there. I can't argue that. Can't argue it. Uh, I hate to see it. I, I know. I, I can't because I that can see it. It makes, it makes sense. How does that make sense? Fucking Nikki Bella. I mean, I mean, the, uh, just to get eyes on it. Yeah, that's why you have to think of it from a business standpoint. Yeah, I guess, but I'm. It makes I, all I'm the not, sense in the world. Yeah. Do you does. want it to be? No. No. Does it make sense logistically? Yeah, it does. Do I really want Nikki Bella on my television screen as the one of the last four women in the biggest match of the year? Probably not. No, because then you get upset because it's like, oh, that could have been somebody else's spot. Yeah. I like Liv Morgan. I mean, could we see Corey Graves back in it? He got medically cleared. You see I, that? That could be a shock. He'll come from the desk. Rip off his tuxedo. Or and and jump his, in yeah. and jump back out. Yeah. There was yeah. that one year when Booker T was yep. in it, Jerry yep. Lawler and Michael Cole. Were all yeah, they the all Rumble. go through. It's the same trope. You yeah. just recycle. That, that was the same year that they had 40 people and Alberto fucking Del Rio oh. won. And then he lost to Edge in Edge's last match at WrestleMania 26. Was that 2010? Twenty eleven, uh, something like that. Yeah, but I mean, the Royal Rumble is turning into a big card. Like it's turning into a really good event uh, on paper. Yeah, Adorable. on paper. I was saying the time. No, oh. <laughs> not not my daughter. No, day yes. twenty. Um, but there's always the thought. Man, they're gonna fuck this up somehow, <laughs> right? right? That see, like that's what wrestling fans have to realize is, for every good thing that happens, how can we fuck this up now? How can 
that sounds better. All right. There you go. I got it. All yeah. right. Okay. How can how how can we fuck this up? And I think the best way to put it is we don't have an answer because they're changing constantly, I think. I mean I mean it's also cynical of us to think of how they can all this good that is kind of coming about and we got a good pay-per-view or excuse me, um premier live event now and uh all worth sitting here thinking that about. Mic- that how- sounds the best and it actually looks like the most comfortable you with the microphone. Yeah, cuz yeah. I don't have to move it all the time. No, you don't. Now all we're thinking about is how they're going to um just ruin it. Like we can't have nice things because we just think so so terribly about it because they put us in this groove. Yeah. You know, they they made us feel this way. So that's all we can do now. You it's make stupid. me feel like this. <laughs> this is your fault. This is your fault. I, I mean, I, I, you lose. Good, good day, day sir. sir. I'm kind of. Sp- I, I have no speech. Um, I'm kind of speechless about. I can't think of what to say. Like how they can fuck this up. So Honestly, let's, so let's not. For once, I, let's I mean, not. everybody knows that Brock's gonna win, right? Is Brock going to win? Is Bobby going to beat Brock? Not clean. No way clean. To to be honest, it has to be a possibility, and you have to give it good thought because of how close the, the Roman Reigns thing was. We had one hiccup for a week where we had to go and change it. So it's a possibility. It, it's more hmm, – let me see. If this was just a straight Bobby Lashley – Lesnar feud I think you can be like yeah he's gonna he's gonna lose but because that wrinkle of Roman Reigns is still there and it's so fresh and they kind of had to plan around it makes me think that they'll come back to it but in doing so he's gotta lose Brock can afford to lose it not a big deal Bobby Lashley yeah but like that, 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 that'll make him weaker if he loses the Lashley like that because then it's like, okay, you lose to Lashley, but then you beat Roman, and then Roman yeah. looks bad, I guess. Like, eh. like if Lashley... The only, the only way is if, like you said, a schmaz where it's not a clean win. So Bobby wins, but you know Brock still gets over. Well, put it this way. If Bobby beats Brock, then Bobby can't lose for a long time because he's going to he, be he's dominant. He's the guy. He's the guy. Listen, he was the guy all last year. But then he, think about it. He lost it in a schmaz kind of way. Yeah, to Big E. In Money in the Bank. Yep. Or to, to, yeah, to Big, to Big e. e. Yep. So it's like, okay. I mean, Bobby's been on fire. Like, Bobby's been, again. He's like, been the whole fucking like, show for like, COVID. Like, like, like we've COVID. said this many times. Bobby Lashley's been, like, the best. One, the be- Him and Drew McIntyre carried the whole COVID era yeah, of wrestling. absolutely. And then when Roman came, forget about it. That's why I'm Those surprised three. they didn't go with Drew McIntyre. Well, he's hurt. So they had yeah. to change it. So once again, there's another change because we all kind of we we spoke about this. So that, if Seth Rollins beats Roman Reigns, God forbid that actually happened at Royal Rumble, then Seth Rollins will need an opponent. Do you see Drew McIntyre against Seth Rollins? See, I don't like that on paper. <sighs> the, the only other thing that makes sense is Kevin Owens against of, Seth, with Seth Rollins. It could be if I, it again. I like AJ Styles. With I do Seth too. Rollins I do so too. Much. But where where does Kevin Owens factor into this? Kevin too? Owens hasn't been a factor for WrestleMania main events ever. Maybe it's his time. He's there. He's he's, him, he's there for a couple more years. So. He is, but so is Sami Zayn, and so are all these other guys. Eventually, all, every dog has its day. So you know, 
It's either shit or get off the pot. I mean, Kevin Owens won the Universal title and he joined forces with, with uh, Triple H and then he lost to Goldberg. Yeah. Right? So, uh, I mean. Oh, so there you go. Maybe Goldberg. Goldberg's got one more appearance, by the way. That's fine. He so can maybe have... he goes against Big E because that's his. Uh, that's Big E's dream opponent. He's made this known. Big E against Goldberg? I would not want to see that. You don't have to. You can go to the bathroom at that time. That is true. There you go. You're winning. Didn't You're Goldberg welcome. beat. Goldberg beat Bobby in Saudi Arabia. Yeah, but it wasn't for the belt. No, it was that was an okay match. So it was what it was. It was yeah, two big it was guys, what it was. one guy who couldn't do anything, and, and Bobby Lashley. You know? Did you watch AEW last night? I did not at all. I was um, I was just so tired, man, and I was doing stuff with the baby, and I just didn't watch it. I, I was trying to watch some stuff on Twitter, like I normally the do. The fourth wall was broken with Britt Baker and Adam Cole kissing oh, in they, the ring. Yeah, Setting up a mixed tag match next week with Cassidy and Statlander, my girl, against Baker and uh, Cole. You knew it was coming. Adam Adam Cole is Adam Cole is the future of, of AEW. Yeah, he said he's good. He's due for a big year, and you know Adam Cole is is going to be the guy. Yeah, Adam Cole is the next guy. Like Lance Archer came back, and he's going to be the first opponent for a Hangman Adam Page after Brian Danielson, which is perfect because. Lance Archer's not going to beat Hangman. He's a big, strong guy to make Hangman look better. Yeah. But ultimately, down the road, Adam Cole is the guy to beat at Hangman Adam Page. Mm-hmm. It's not CM Punk because he's not there to do that. It's not Daniel Bryan because he's not there to do that. Adam Cole is there to do that. Adam Cole is the future of AEW. And the reason why Adam Cole is on Rampage every fucking week is because he doesn't need that exposure just yet. He just needs enough to lie in the background. He is the number one ranked challenger. Again, these fucking rankings that don't matter. He is number one. Yeah. So, I mean, he is going to be there for a while. He's undefeated. He's like 9-0, and right? He faces Trent from Best Friends this Friday. Doesn't Trent have a, a last name now? Well, it's Trent Beretta. Oh, Beretta, okay. Yeah, but, I mean, I think you'll see, in my opinion, you'll see a blood and guts match with um the undisputed, well, their yeah. name is, what was uh, Paragon. Par- Par- Paragon. I think Paragon something like that. Oh, okay. That's... Cole O'Reilly and fish. And then I think you're going to throw Britt Baker in against best friends, orange Cassie and Statlander. You'll see blood and guts. Paragon is a terrible name. It's really bad. That's Tarragon. Tarragon. That's yeah. what we can call them. Tarragon. Tarragon. Um, the spice boys. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently AEW didn't have a lot of fans last night. It was very dark in the arena, which means I don't think they sold out the place, nor I, did they have... I mean, are they always going to? No. We saw a debut. I mean, they're going to have their ebbs and their flows. Yeah, we know? saw Brody King debut. I don't know if you saw that. I do, but I, I, gotta be honest, I don't know who he is. He's from Ring of Honor. Okay. I feel um, terrible. To, oh, he, I don't know who he, these he guys wrestled, are. But. He wrestled some independent stuff with, with Malachi Black, right. the tag team That That I do know. Champions. I yeah. mean, he's... And he's he, been teased for a, a little bit now, so yeah. yeah. I mean, no, I get that. Some guy... Some guy... Uh, Wrote on Facebook, every guy that they call up looks like somebody else. So like Brody, uh, <laughs> so Brody, so Brody King looks just like Malachi Black, just a lot bigger. Like size yeah, heavy line. set, yeah, heavy set, tattoos, head to toe, and all that shit. Yeah. So, and I mean, you know, looks it, like somebody. Else. Yeah, That's I mean true. that fourth wall that we talked about before, ladies and, and gentlemen. Jay Lethal came out of the grave somewhere because I yeah he came Jay back Le- like these last guys this night, is a problem last night they Dynamite keep, was not really good they keep debuting people and oh my god I can't believe he showed up here then there's nowhere to be found the roster's too big it's too big I told you I've been arguing this point since day one yeah. they can't do it they're falling right back into that thing they gotta stop it's a big roster 
Like if nobody's really- going to get over. I don't care how many stupid fucking shows you have on YouTube, and you got this. You have dark after dark, after the dark darkness, and here comes the sunlight. <laughs> you know, like, oh fuck you. I don't care. It's There's too many people. Dark dynamite rampage. Four shows. Two of them are on the internet. Two of them are on television. So. Yeah, go ahead. The roster is so big that they're having bigger names job people on Dark. And, like, the only matches where jobbers aren't involved in on Dark are just mid-card guys like Matt Hardy and Private Party against, you know, three members of the best friends that you, that you never see. You right. know what I mean? It's like just They're the other people. best friends. They're the other best friends. They're the you know best what I mean? friends from college yeah. that you don't talk to. Like, you'll have one member of the Dark Order go against, like... Uh, of the ten. Oh, right. uh, yeah. You'll have, like, one guy the Dark Order go against someone from, like, um, like QT Marshall or something oh, like God, that. Like, like fucking bowling shirts. Yeah. Like, <laughs> just, like, straight mid-card stuff. Yeah. But I, what I do think that they're going to do, and I think if it, it makes so much sense is... To, to give this House of Black just a full green light and go. You can put a lot of people in there. They're, they were teasing Pac going in there. Maybe yeah, I don't even know. even Julia what, Hart what, going in there. What was that about? Yeah, I know. She's got one eye now. Well, yeah, because Malachi Black misted both her and Pac. Oh, uh, okay. So that's got what it's it. like. All so, right, got it. But it's turned into like a straight edge society. It so did, a little bit. So, yeah. Uh, you, know, it, it, you know, they're just getting so... There's a lot. So every week when you go to watch a show, you think you're going to get a continuation of what you've seen last week. And, and there's so many people that it can take a whole month for them to come back to the one point that you've seen a couple weeks ago. Yeah, there is a lot of people. It's a lot going on. A lot then you got going MJ, on. Uh, you got MJF. Now Wardlow's in the mix with uh, Punk. And I don't know where that's going. Well, it's just, they did that because Punk. They got to buy time. Yeah. Until Revolution, which is should be next month. Yeah, because everyone knows that Punk and MJF are going to wrestle each other. And then I really thought that, well, the wrong person won that match. Yeah. Wardlow should have won. You know yep. Wardlow's getting interest from WWE? Of course. He's a brick shithouse. Of course. He's it like sense. the WWE build. And so is MJF. They want those two guys. Yeah. How but do you think MJF would do in WWE? He'll be watered down. It'll be like the Miz light. Yeah, or Miz would be the MJF light. I don't know. Miz is MJF light. I mean, all you got to do is get the Miz versus MJF right out of the way. Boom! The, here you go. It's the, the passing of the torch, baby. The problem was I'm gonna steal your wife. The Miz, <laughs> Maurice, hello. Oh yeah, the hottest that the that Miz, Phoenix looked good on Monday too. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the hottest that the Miz ever was was during those Talking Smack segments. And getting the respect of uh, being an intercontinental champion. Absolutely. Right? When he was feuding with Daniel Bryan. And, you when know. he was talking all this shit. And he was right because we we talked about this almost like a year and a half ago at this almost point. As in long our as earlier po- episodes. Almost as long as the podcast yeah. has been around. In our earlier episodes, I know we spoke about this. Dial it the, back in the catalog anywhere you get your podcast. Right. And through your on your Rolodex. Um, yeah. You know, the, the Miz made the, w, you know, the intercontinental championship relevant again. A few years ago, you know, now we're in this lull again where Nakamura hasn't defended it because his fingers are broke. Something's wrong with his wrist or his hand or something. Since he April. hasn't defended it since God uh, knows when. I don't really t- remember. August? 
I don't remember. So, exactly. I have to Google it. If I got to go into the internet to find it, and I don't know it's it right It's such off. a shame because that's such a pristine yeah. belt. I mean, what they did to it was pure tragedy. But, I mean, <laughs> yeah. you know. What about, uh, um, oh, jeez, again, she got her own. Who? Um, Sonny? Yeah, yeah, I saw that. <laughs> um, what about uh, NXT? You watch NXT? I did. It's, uh, it's you know, it. I don't. Uh, I have mixed feelings now because I miss that old era. So it's no, just no. so like. I, I thought that, I thought that Brian Breaker promo was straight generic one on one. Yeah, absolutely. Oh God, could that be any more scripted? It was, um, it was terrible. Pete Dunn losing that doesn't look well, good. Well, Pete Dunn's on main event wrestling. Uh, I, I just seen it on Twitter. Actually. Tommaso Ciampa. Yeah, he did that, but he's also they did wrestling. Dark, they did uh, dark matches all week. The ninja, um, Tazawa. No, he's not. Yeah, I just seen it. Yeah. Pete Dunn versus Tazawa in yeah, event. Yeah, I swear. God. And he's got his old music back, thank God, because uh, I don't what, like his what, new music. What was? And so, and Ch- uh, Champa's going up against T Bar apparently on. Uh, what? <laughs> God. What was the main event from NXT this week? Main event was the. I don't know. I kind of was sleeping at that point. Was oh, it was, was AJ that? versus Grayson Waller. Yeah. Duh. Yep. And then L.A. Knight came back. He made a big save. He got a big pop. But, I mean, it's uh, amongst those fans there who seem to be the same fans every week. Yeah, they are. Because I'm looking. I'm like, I've seen that guy. <laughs> and I've seen that guy. And I've seen that guy over there. Walter's making his return soon. I just hope that they don't kill him. <sighs> I just hope that they don't bury Walter. He doesn't need to come there to 2.0. He doesn't. You don't need him. He doesn't. Don't go there. Just stay, stay there as long as you can. Stay there. It, so, it's terrible, man. We we are going to head out now because directly after this is our interview with Mike Verna. But before we do leave, as always, we always like to run through the gauntlet of where you can find us. Um, you're probably listening to this podcast anywhere you get your podcast. But as a refresher course, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, um, Amazon Music. Facebook, Instagram, both at Sunset Flip Radio. Mm-hmm. They're really fun to follow. You should. We put out some cool stuff. You can email us at sunsetflippodcast at gmail.com. Um, coming up next, again, our interview with a man of steel, Mike Verna, professional wrestler from Brooklyn, New York. It's going to be a great interview. Uh, in the meantime, as always, I'm the $100 man, Thomas Lacey. Always join the most handsome dad in the room, Mr. Alex Drayton. We are Sons of Flip Radio. We are not leaving just yet. Stay tuned. But as always, peace, love, and wrestling, and take care. You're Stay tuned, baby. All right. Now, welcome back to Sons of Flip Radio, your number one podcast of the art and sport of professional wrestling. As always, I'm your co-host, the $100 man, Thomas Lisi. Join with the most handsome dad on the Zoom, Mr. Alex Drayton. Alex, what's going hey. on? Hey, Tom. What's up, man? Uh, big, big show today because we are... We have a professional wrestler in, uh, well, in the Zoom studio, I guess you can say. Uh, the Man of Steel, Mike Verna, is joining us. Mike, how you doing? I'm good, Tom. Thanks for having me, Alex. I heard you're the hot dad. Is that what he said? The coolest and the hottest dad? The most handsome. It's a hell of a name. It's a yeah, hell of a name. You know, if I would have thought about that 10 years ago, that might have been my, my wrestling gimmick. <laughs> it's funny because when we first started doing this podcast, we tried to come up with nicknames, and 
he started off as the most handsome man in the room, and then he became a father. So now he's the most handsome dad in the room. Well, so. congratulations to that. That's big Thank news. You. I don't know how old your kids are, but regardless, that's that's good. And my that's daughter is eight months. She just went, oh, went last bless. week. God yeah, bless. Thanks. Exactly. Thanks. Congratulations, brother. I appreciate to hear that. That's great. Yeah. So, Mike, I got to just come out and say, man, we were at – now, we at Sons of Philip Radio sponsored the Invictus Pro Wrestling Show called Empire Rising. I want to say it was back in June up in North Jersey. Yes. And I remember you came out and you were wrestling – Gio Galvano, no, um, was, yeah, yeah you you wrestled it. Gio, you got it. yeah, yeah. Gio Galvano, yep. and me and Alex can Alex can say this, you know, he he looked at me and said, "This guy got the fucking look." All right, <laughs> this guy has the look, right, Alex? Yeah, absolutely. I looked at you, and, and we both were like, we, we didn't even have to really say much. It was just like that's it, and I and I was just like going through the match, I'm like, this is it. This is, this is, first of all, that was my first time, Tom, I don't know about you, at an independent wrestling, and I was like, why, it was mine too. why haven't I been to more of these? And I was, oh, I was in heaven. And we were right there, ringside, and I was like, this is such an awesome thing. I said, I've been missing out my whole entire life on this. Yeah. So, and, Mike, let me ask you, like, great. the, um, like that kind of like setup, you know, outdoor show, independent. Like, is that something that like with the it's fans kind of close to the ring, something that you like enjoy, or is that like one of the best parts of working those kind of shows? Oh, one hundred percent. And first of all, I will definitely agree with you. You've been missing out. Independent wrestling. It's funny that you say that. So many people, especially like friends and family of my my own, when they see me for the first time, and I've been, I've been wrestling now for eight years. I've been training for ten. So it's a little bit older for me now. Like my friends and family are used. Like, yeah, you know, he made a successful career out of himself. It's not the new honeymoon stage like it was. But wrestling friends that are wrestling fans and they come to see an independent wrestling show for the first time, whether it's seeing me or or just the way the indies are now in general, how popular they are, they say the same thing. It's like, what have I been missing? Like, there isn't just WWE or WWF at the time. It's it's these are up close and personal. And to answer your question, I love it. That was the one thing. And not to stray too far, far off topic, during the pandemic era of wrestling, when we were still doing the shows, um, certain shows like in a studio audience with no audience, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, <and ironic laughs> as that, sound, that, made me, that made me question my career uh, because it really put things, in, it put things into perspective for me where it's like, you know, I'm an actor too, full-time actor. I, I work pretty, pretty frequently, thank God. And there's a big difference. I was on set yesterday shooting a pilot. And a lot of the guys, the, the actors involved, they do know I'm a wrestler. And they said, they said, like, you know, the difference between stage acting and television acting and film acting is, is obviously the audience. And I said that to the people all the time. I said, like, what drives me with wrestling is the fan interaction. It's a rush. It's a drug. It's a satisfaction that you can't get from watching yourself back on, um, on a film or TV or even from a wrestling standpoint, watching a match back on tape like you got to live the moment there's been so many times um and i told this to my trainer joel maximo who just uh, the sat just made their return longtime independent uh, legends uh, a couple months ago for etu out in jersey the pop they got no camera will do that justice no video will mm -hmm. do that justice you know so it's like for us to be wrestling so close up close and personal to the fans like that's what drives us. People don't realize, like, when we're, when we're tired and we're 15 minutes into a match and everything starts hurting a little bit and the adrenaline wears down, 
the fans are what boost that adrenaline back up and allow us to kind of go another 10, 15 minutes if we're going 30. Or sometimes even more. Like, you look at some of these guys that do an hour-long matches on these independent shows. Forget about TV. Doing an hour long on an independent where you have a lot less restriction, a lot less uh, obligations and more freedom and stuff like that. Like that takes a lot of drive and that takes a lot of passion. And I believe that a lot of that comes from the fans. Uh, so, you know, a little long winded, but to answer your question, I freaking love it. I love that. Now, did you ever have a chance to do an hour long match in the independence? Hell no. And I say that with all due respect, and I say that with all due respect to my craft. Right. Hell no. Most of I mean, I've done a couple of 30 minutes, but the, the best thing about that is is when the match when the matches go long, and I'm talking 30, I have 40 minutes, like I've scraped one of the first matches I ever had was back in 2014. It was the first title match I ever had. And I was about six months into the business at that particular time. Mm -hmm. um, so I had no reason to be involved in a title match but the way that the business was back in 2014 there wasn't much guys with that look like you said and i appreciate those words by the way that, that you said but yeah. but to, to attest to what you said there wasn't a lot of people that had that look so a lot of the promoters were kind of giving me this push that i definitely didn't deserve at the time not that i didn't work for it but i just wasn't prepared for stuff like that so one of those matches was against a guy named talon who's kind of like Quietly retired at this time, but he was a big influence to my career. He's the reason why I got back into wrestling. And we can cross that bridge later if you'd like. But uh, I was wrestling him. He was a big heel. I was a big up-and-coming babyface. We were in my hometown, 600 fans in, 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 a, in a church that I grew up. That's my parish. So, you know, a lot of the odds were stacked in my favor. Mm -hmm. But, you know, the match ended up going like 37 minutes. And I had no idea because there was just so much reaction and emotion and like fan investment that you don't realize like how long you're going. Those are the type of matches I like. But if you enter a locker room and the promoter says, all right, Vernon, you got main event tonight, hour long with this guy. That's when I say, can we talk about this? <laughs> 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 because yeah. anytime you put it anytime you put a real time limit on it like that's when you because that's when you have to really start thinking you start saying okay we got to fill an hour's worth of content into this match we got to make sure it doesn't get boring we got to do some cool stuff that's when stuff gets a little bit extra that being said it's a challenge i definitely will want to do it one day i, I i'm open for the challenge i don't want to make it seem like i'm a complete bum but me i love storytelling in the ring if i'm at, if, a, if a story could be told in five minutes or an hour i'm all about it yeah, and I think the the one cool thing about the show when we went was every there was a story for everything, and it's like you got to see it. And just to be there and to kind of witness it, you have to be there on TV. Like you said, does you no justice than being in there from a wrestler's perspective and from a fan's perspective. It's a whole different ballgame. And I, I was definitely, even the littlest, silliest thing that they had going on at the show, like I cared about it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, love I love that you say that. I love that because that's really what we – that's all we need to do. All we need to do is make you guys care, especially, you know, if, you, if that was your first independent match. Like, they're – I mean, myself included, that's probably one of the first times that you guys have seen, you know, so, some of us work. So, I mean, yeah. you know, if we, can't, if we can't emotionally invest you or, or grasp your attention off the bat, then what the hell are we doing? You know, what's the point of even doing it? Right. Yeah. And you said fan investment. I like that. And, that, and that's – yes. <laughs> And then that, it's, totally it's what drives the business, Alex. It's what drives the business. If yeah. the fans don't care, you know, not again, not to go on a rant, but the thing about a lot of the stuff that goes on in the indies is a lot of people are looking for their next viral gif or their next viral moment, which is uh, going to kind of 
boost them into, you know, the age we're in now. Yeah. yeah. It boosts you into that immediately. Like, Oh, this guy's over. or Oh, we're going to give this guy some extra followers. But if you can get, and, and, and again, I've been doing this for a long time, so I didn't have to, I saw this, this era kind of um, emerge from, you know, in front of my eyes. Like when I first started, yeah. there was no social media. If you had a Twitter, I mean, that was cool. You know, and I'm not saying like I'm an old person, I'm only 30 guys, but, but when I started it was a lot, it was a lot different. Um, now it's like I said, it's about what move can I do that's going to get me over where I've seen the success luckily coming up in the era that I came up where it's like a lot of the fans that follow me are the same fans that saw me debut are the same fans that followed my first year, my second year, my third year. Now that, you know, I'm doing the things that I'm doing. It's like, these are my day ones, as they say, on the yeah, street, yeah. You know? these are the day ones. Mm -hmm. um, and that's all about, that's all about the fans really giving a shit, you know, and really like investing themselves in my brand and my performance and all that extra stuff that comes with it, where, you know, I feel like everyone wants to be a quick candle in the wind uh, when it comes to like, you know, the style. And, and, and again, that's not taking any, any credit away from a guy that can, you know, get famous or, or uh, you know, get some buzz off of doing something cool or risky or, or shocking, whatever it may be, because there's an art to that too. And that's not, that's not easy. You know, I've never done that. I've never gone viral with a, with a GIF. You know, I, I, sometimes I go viral with my commercials, but that's part of my work, you know, that's yeah. part, of, part of the stuff I do. Um, so I get lucky with that side of things, but I, I've never got, I'm not the type of wrestler that can get over by doing a movie. You have to, you guys were able to be captivated by me just by the look. That is yeah, exactly that absolutely. is exactly what I go for. That is yeah, my you didn't, you didn't my even get into the ring and we boom, I'm hooked. I'm like, what? You know, one of one of my biggest uh things is is like I remember back a, a couple of years ago at Northeast Wrestling, one of the fans said, very similar to what you guys just said, it's like, you know, my first independent show. You know, I, I've heard of you, but I don't know much about you. And then I saw your name, Man of Steel. And I'm like, I'm a big Superman fan. So, like, I saw that and I was going to ready to roll my eyes. And then I heard the music and I heard the Superman chords. And then you walked out and then I got it. And I go, yeah. wow. Yes. Like, that, yep. is, that is what I wanted to hear because that's that is it. that is me. That is what I have to do. If I, I'm not the type of wrestler that's going to wow you with every single move in the book. Am I an athlete? Hell yeah. Can I do some cool shit? Hell yeah. But my goal is to invest you is I want you to care about what you see. And if it's because of my look, the storytelling, the moves I do do, that, that's all I ask now. Yeah, like you got us from, from your entrance. And so now I want to see how this plays out. Uh, and that's it. Now I'm into everything. And, and, and you know, know what? Everything in between is just is plus. Yeah, I remember in that match. Now, I forgot the name of the manager that you had with you. I forgot. Jared Silverclight. Jared Silverclight. Yeah, and I felt, and I think I remember during that match, like it looked like you were gonna turn on him, or you were gonna, you know, and like that, that got my attention too, like the acting part of it. Like you know, I watch, I've been watching professional wrestling for over thirty years, and you know, a, a lot of people, you know, when I tell them that, you know, they're like, "Wow, you still watch wrestling?" I'm like, "Yeah, I still watch fucking wrestling." Yeah, you know and I'm like, "How I mean? dare you? <laughs> How dare you?" You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Dude, you know. I, I, it's not, not just that, but I have a podcast, and you know, I got you know a lot I of shit. shirts. I go to shows. Hell oh, yeah! yeah. yeah. Off topic, going back to that that pilot I was shooting yesterday, we we shot inside of a um, a fire station in Paramus, New Jersey, and uh, oh. the the guys that hooked up the the fire station was like a former councilman, and 
he recognized me and we started talking and it took him, it took him until we started. First, we talked about baseball because that's my other passion. He was wearing his baseball jacket. I was waiting. We were talking about baseball. Once Yankees or Mets? He's a Met, Mike, you're a Mets fan. A huge Mets fan. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. That's fine. <laughs> when, uh, and we're talking and once he got comfortable, he goes, so I've been waiting to say this, but I'm a huge fan. I go, you're a wrestler? You're a wrestling fan? He goes, yeah. The man was 53 years old. He was 53 years old. He knows AEW. He knows all the, he calls himself a Mark. He knows all the indie stuff. Oh, I, said, I said, hell yeah. I said, keep this business alive. Keep this yeah. business alive. I just love talking about wrestling. I mean, it's just, it's, I can just go on for, and, that, and that's a great part about it. You really get hooked. And I remember that match that you had, like, I was getting hooked, like, oh, is this, is this guy who's like made out of fucking granite going to beat the shit out of his manager right now? I'm thinking about that. I'm watching you in the ring. I'm like, this guy got the look. And like I'm look, I'm talking to Alex. I'm like, this guy can go up. Like you know, I can like see you going up. And then all of a sudden, I do my research, and you were on AEW Dark. Yeah, yeah. Did I? So, did I I'm a pretty, I'm a pretty consistent uh, guy that gets brought in uh, from time to time over there, which is very cool. I'm very grateful of the uh, the arrangement we have and and the, and the the working relationship we have would be a better word. Uh, I love it over there. Love AEW. Now, how did that? How did that come about? Well, uh, you know, it's it's tough to say. I mean, I would I would say the easy answer would be um, my experience and my my um, I guess success for lack of a better word. I don't mean to sound it say it like that, but my my career as a whole and my brand as a whole. Uh, you know, once you reach a certain level on the independence, obviously you start crossing paths with guys that make decisions and people right. that are important, and you start building a reputation for yourself where your work speaks for, you, for yourself. Yeah. And uh, those opportunities kind of come to you. But I guess my my real intro to that would be back in, I think it was 2018 or 17. Um, JT Dunn and myself wrestled uh, at Northeast Wrestling, a big show in Danbury, Connecticut, against uh, Chris Daniels and Kazarian. Okay. Cody and Hangman did a run-in after that match. So basically, they beat us. We got on the, on the mic, and we said, you know, you guys are the old school, we're the new school, all this stuff. We start giving them the boots, and out comes Cody and Hangman. They fuck us up, and, and then the rest is history. And, and I've had a really good relationship with Cody and the guys over there ever since. Um, but it's really, it really has to do with, like, your, your career. Like, you, throughout the stages of your career, you meet people, you network, you, you build a good reputation with these people, and, 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 and they view you as an asset. They view you as a good guy, a good worker. Yeah. And then those doors kind of open. You know, unfortunately with me, um, I wear a lot of hats. You know, I wear a lot of hats. I'm a, I'm a full-time college baseball coach. I'm a full-time actor. I'm a full-time wrestler. So wow. with me, when it comes to, you it's know, yeah, it's a lot. Good it's for a lot. you, man. Keep them open and do your thing. Like, that's I, awesome. love, I love being able to do every single thing I always wanted to do as a child. I'm doing that that's right That's it. Absolutely. The only thing I'm not doing is playing ball still. I play fast pitch softball. That keeps me in the game. Ooh, but fast pitch. You know, being involved in all those things is what I want to do. So, you know, trying to, let's put it this way, something would have to be really, really ideal for me to lock myself down with with a company, specific company. AEW, 100% on the record, be my first choice. And if they ever offered me something, it would be very hard to say no to because just everything that goes on there is, is to me, is great. The, yeah, I see from AEW, you know, they'll allow you to come and go and, and do your thing and let you know that there's a home here should you want it. If not, you come and go and, and dude, let's you keep hit going. it right in the head, Alex. You hit it right in the head. I, I have, I'm very good friends with I, most of the guys there I'm very good friends with. I came up with just about everybody. Alex Reynolds is one of my trainers, Johnny Silver as well. 
Anthony Bowen's one of my best friends. MJF, one of my best friends. Bear Country, one of my best. You know, like these guys wow. I came up with. Wow. You know, so like, and, and they say the same thing. It's like, you know, if we had to do something, as long as this doesn't interfere with TV and something that that needs to be done on the air, go out and do it. What's what are we going to stop you? Like that. That's what wrestling needs to be like. We need yeah. look, wrestling. Wrestling for me, acting. I never thought would ever happen. I got into. I was something I was never really interested in. I don't have an acting background. Obviously, I love movies. Obviously, I love TV. But I, I, I was a baseball player in high school. You know, I, I didn't play college baseball to be a pro, pro wrestler. So all these things are straight athlete-based. I was never an actor. But my agent found me at an Evolve show back in, back in whatever it was. And he hit me up and he said, hey, you know, you have the body. You have the look. You got the face. You ever think about doing something on, like, commercial print, TV work? I said, I, I don't have any background in it for sure. He's like, you do have a background. It's pro wrestling. And I said, oh, shit. Okay, good point, good point. Yeah. <laughs> but the point I'm making is, is that a lot of people fall into that after their career. I fell into that during my career, and it really opened up a lot of doors for me um, outside the ring. And, and it's something that, you know, with AEW, it's something you can kind of continue to do. With WWE, You're you know, God forbid. <laughs> you yeah. would, I mean, I, it's, I just I, – look, man, I, I would never talk bad about WWE because that's what I grew up on. AEW didn't exist in the 90s. You know what I'm saying? It was only WWE and WCW. Right. Uh, and I was I was a hardcore WWF fan. That was my thing. I was pro WWF, screw WCW. Same. This is the home, this is the home, this is the home team. Uh -huh. uh, <laughs> yeah. But but you know the, the thing is now is like it's just not what it used to be. And you have no, it's not, that's not I at think, all. I think the I word option is is you, you can go somewhere else and it's not like yeah. you're not and, and what, I'm what I'm learning is is you could do exactly what you said with AEW which is like you can kind of come and go and granted look I come and go because obviously they don't have something in mind for me to offer me a full-time deal with this amount of money so I'm not saying oh you know I'm doing yeah. what I want to yeah. do I'm holding AEW here but you know the 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 bottom line is is that you know you have that that you could I, I I make enough money on the indies where I don't need a contract that's 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 the beauty of the option. Wow, see that's that the, bit right there. That's the beauty. Yeah. Granted, here's the kicker, though, boys. Here's the kicker: you have to work. If you don't work, you don't yeah. get paid. Yeah, you know, true, you, right? work, yeah. you, pick, you pick up four shows in a, in a, in a weekend. Yeah, you're okay. You're okay. Yeah. You know, what I'm saying? Well, I see funny. you very busy. I, I follow you on Twitter, and you got yeah. a lot of stuff coming. I, uh, right before you jumped on, I see you uh, tagged the show that you got coming up. I, I believe in upstate New York tomorrow. Uh, yeah. Long Island, yeah, that's actually Long Island. Island. Oh, excuse me. That's where I was trained. NYWC. That was where I was trained. Oh, by okay. My niece and Reynolds. So you know, unfortunately, they usually run every last Saturday of the month, and. That, that date is so heavily occupied by so many other companies that I haven't been with NYWC now for probably about two years, obviously because of the pandemic. But I would say probably like 2019 was the last time I was there. So this is my first time coming back home, oh, wow. um, you know, since, since that. So I'm excited for that matchup. But yeah, you know, it's good to see the schedule busy again. It really, it's a good thing for society. It's a good thing for humanity. And it's a good thing for my wallet. <laughs> now, my with COVID, you know, at the beginning of all this, like, how, how did you fare? And what was the general, like, you know, amongst the boys and, and the women in the back? You know, what were, what was, what was the landscape for you guys back then? Were you guys shaking in the boots? You know, because part of how, how you guys make money is people come in there and whatever the gate is and, and all blah, blah, blah. And like, you know, what, was that a scary time? I mean, for me, you know, Tom and I are chefs by trade and we podcast. Yeah. Right. Working, so, working uh, kitchens during the, we, during we the day. We also work in healthcare. So hey, you, guys, you guys must have went through some shit too. 
we work in yeah. healthcare. And, oh yeah. You know, we're fortunate enough that we've always had a job and we never had to really, you know, yeah. look elsewhere because something's going on because in the healthcare world, everybody's got to eat. So we're open 24 seven. So you know, we, we had that, we That's had that, thing. the security is what I'm trying to get at. You know, I know for you guys, it's feast or famine. I, I know you have other avenues, so it worked out for you, but what was it like, you know, kind of at the beginning of all this, you know, and how did you guys manage? I think the best word for it was uncertainty. And I remember my last show before the, the shutdown was Chaotic Wrestling up in Massachusetts. And it was one of the only shows that wasn't canceled. Like, I remember the week building up to it, like, it's in March. It had to be March when the world. It was came. March, right near St. Patrick's Day. Yep, yep, it was me. Yep, that's exactly what it was. It was me against Anthony Green. That that was the last match oh. for the pandemic. And I remember to this day. Uh, I remember every every single guy and girl in the locker room was just looking at their phone, and we were all at the time we were kind of like joking with it, where we were like, "Oh, this one got canceled. Oh yeah, that one got canceled too." And like I remember, chaotic Chase Del Monte, the the owner. You know, he pretty much said, he's like, look, we're not going to cancel it. We're going to do this show. Whatever happens, happens. We're going to do the show. And, yeah. you know, we did the show. And I remember, like, towards the end of it, like, a lot of the wrestlers kind of had this unfortunate look on their face. And it wasn't, like, sadness. It was just, like, I don't want to mention his name because I don't want to talk, like, uh, finances. Yeah, fine, yeah. But, but I, I remember, like, seeing this particular person, like, really, like, saying, like, wow, I, I, I might have to get a job. And that was that was very eye opening because it shows that a lot of wrestlers, like like you guys said, a lot of them don't. I'm very lucky, a with my family life, my my other jobs and stuff like that, where I don't need to fully rely on wrestling for an income, which is good. Um, but a lot of these guys are full time wrestlers, you know. If, if they're making five hundred dollars a week, like that's what they're living on, you know, um, and and whatnot. So you know that that and some of these guys have never ever worked a real job, uh, you know, in their adulthood at least. So. You know, that was that was very painful to see. That was very scary to see. And I, I don't think it really hit anybody until, like, you know, where we, we were really in the thick of it, where it was like, yeah, no one's running. Like, it's not even so much that shows are getting canceled, just no one's running and no one knows when we're coming back. Yeah, so, you know, there was a lot of things. And, and I remember I was sitting there, I was like, you know, this could be it. This could be it for me because, you know, the, wrestling is a sport where – you could do it for a long time, but you know, there's only so long you do want to do it for, you know, yeah, unless yeah. you're Hulk Hogan and Ric Flair and you you could do this into <laughs> your sixties, you know, that's <laughs> but most, most wrestlers don't want to do it into their sixties unless they still find it fun. You know, they want to pursue other things, whether it's acting, whether it's real estate, whatever, whatever it may be, they want to take their money and run because that's the biggest mistake in wrestling is not taking the money you make and investing it into something else. Cause you can't wrestle forever. Oh, it's like a lot of sports, uh, yeah. you know, a lot of football Spot players, on. basketball players, you all see mm -hmm. them crying broke because they don't know how to manage their money. Spot on. Spot on correct. They don't know what to do. And it's the same thing with wrestling. So a lot of these guys were like, what am I going to do? You know, what is it? And I thought the same thing, too. For me, it, was more, it wasn't so much where it's like, what am I going to do to survive? It was more like, do I want to come back to this? And that was very, a very, very tough decision because at that time during the pandemic, I actually landed my first national commercial, which was the Philadelphia cream cheese one, which was, um, which was popular. Thank God. But, um, I landed that during the pandemic where I shot the commercial in my home on a kit that they sent to my house and I was directed via zoom. So there was, wow. that one member, there was wow. that one crew member in my house and that's so unheard of. I was literally being directed with, uh, my family members as crew members. They have to hold the phone. They have to set up the lights, 
all this stuff. It was shot on an iPhone. I, that was the crazy thing about it. Like, you look at that commercial, it looks like it's made with a million-dollar camera. It was a freaking iPhone. Um, and, and it's a national commercial for a national brand. So it was just, it was just funny. But when that happened, I was like, wow, like, that's a big deal. That's a nice payday. Like, yeah. wrestling is still not even, like, something that is being discussed among anybody. It's like, do I want to go back to that? And then, like I said before, the first shows we were doing were no fan matches. They were basically to, to try to make some sort of income off of the, uh, the streaming services, whether it was IWTV uh -huh. or High Spot. So we were doing these no audience studio shows where we hoped that the fans would follow, follow it and, and watch it. And, you know, I'll never forget, I was wrestling, wrestling Richard Holiday. Uh, for Northeast Wrestling in, in a singles match. And I've wrestled Rich more times than I can remember. One of my greatest friends. Like, we, we I knew the match was going to be easy. That's how good it was. Uh, that's how it's simple, how good of friends we are. And mm -hmm. I remember there was no no crowd. The building was ice cold. Like, obviously, they couldn't pay the rent because no one was there. So there was no heat. And I'm wrestling. And in the opening spot, I take a headlock takeover, and my back just freezes up. Like, Ooh. pure cramps, pure tight. And I'm just sitting there. I'm like, this sucks. Like, there's nothing fun about this. Yeah, this is it. This is the last song. This is the big <laughs> one. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm sitting there. I'm like, yo, this sucks. So after that weekend, I remember, and mind you too, the off topic here, one of the best things about the pandemic, and I know most people don't really have good things to say about the pandemic, but one of the best things for me was <clears throat> my schedule was so packed for wrestling that I missed out on so many things in my social life. So many things. I can't even begin to count. When this pandemic happened and my weekends began free, granted, we weren't able to go out to the bars or anything like that, but, you know, between the beach and just like barbecues and just hanging out with friends, playing softball, I was like, yo, I've been missing this for yeah. years. And that was such a big wake-up call for me that when I started going back to these studio shows, I was like, you know, I got better things to do, is what I said. I got better things to do. Like, that was, yeah. my, that was my mentality. And, uh, you know, it was that first show back where there were fans. And I'm talking, even there was a capacity limit. Like, even if there was a capacity limit, there was fans, real fans that gave a shit about the product, gave a shit about the investment, like I said. Um, mm -hmm. Once they were back, and I remember that crowd reaction, I said, oh, this is why I do it, man. This is why I do it. This is the fun. It again, yeah. It's you a got rush. The, you got that fire. It is a rush. And it, and it makes you, it just makes, it makes everything make sense at the end of the day. It, mm -hmm. It's funny how it, things just get so hot and so cold and, you know, to, you got to be in it. Because oh, then man, that, that great, on fire. Yeah. what you just said is a great term about wrestling. It's all about riding the ride in the middle. Bull James once told me that. Ride the middle. Sometimes mm -hmm. it's very high, like you do eight weeks of TV with AEW, everyone starts to get to know you, you get that national exposure, and then they start hitting the road and you're not as accessible anymore. And then that buzz kind of dissipates. So if you ride that middle where it's like, yeah, that's a great month or two that I just had, and then I'm still gonna ride the middle, even if the next two months are not as hot as they were. And then you, you're always there. You're always there. You always keep yourself relevant. You always keep yourself in the mix. You never tear yourself down. You never get your hopes up. It's just, it's the mentality that, you know, I'm sure some people would say, oh, maybe you, you should always, you know, ride the high and always be optimistic. No, you got to be realistic, not optimistic. Yeah. You be realistic. Optimism comes with realism, in my opinion. Mm. Well said. Yeah. So absolutely, like, absolutely. yeah. You got to understand it from both sides. And I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm much that way myself where it's like, okay, I know I felt the high. I damn sure felt the low. Yeah. Middle, I like the middle. Middle's nice. It's not bad. But it keeps you in your lane. And yeah. life's about staying in your lane, man. It's keeps okay you to every keeps once in a while. But, you know, you know where you got to be at the end of the day. So, 
so Mike, I know you talked about, you know, so you started wrestling eight years ago. So I want to, you know, ask you like, what wrestlers did you look up to while early in your career or when you were younger? Like, who did you want to be when you were younger, as far as wrestling is concerned? Like who, who did you look up to when you were younger? The Rock, 100%. There, uh, there, there ain't no other way I could deny that. You know, like, yeah. I was a guy. like I said before, the that that storytelling um, that the Attitude ever brought, where, like, literally Stone Cold's best moves were kicks and punches and a stunner, um, <laughs> that's what I loved. That, I loved the riskiness. I loved I loved everything about the storytelling of pro wrestling. So, like, you know, you'll, you'll hear some wrestlers now that are a bit younger and actually didn't live through the era. And they'll turn around and say, oh, yeah, you know, I love Bret Hart. I love every I, – I just, he's just the, the most – and Bret Hart is the one of the best. If I'm going to study wrestling, I'm going to study Bret Hart, of course. But that's not what got me hooked. You know, what got me hooked was DX and The Rock and Stone Cold Steve Austin and Mr. McMahon and, you know, the yeah. Divas, as we call. Yeah. Uh, like, though, that's the stuff that got me hooked. So, like I said earlier, like, storytelling for me in wrestling is, is the rush that I love. It's the reason why I got into acting and all that stuff. But guys like The Rock, Stone Cold Steve Austin, as I got a little bit older, you know, high school and whatnot, and I was still a fan in high school. I was, you know, I fell out of it, and then I came back to it, which was bizarre. Like, eighth grade, uh, junior high school, I stopped. And then I came back towards like, you know, kind of soft uh, freshman year. And then I stopped again. And then I came back for senior year. It was such a weird flux in my wrestling fandom. But as I got a little older, me too. you know, it's it's such a weird, weird flux. And I have so many younger fans now that my friends' kids, for for example, and and they'll send me videos of their kids watching me on TV or, or wearing my shirt. I'm like, oh, man. This is the wow. age. This is the age. I hope. I hope he doesn't. I hope he doesn't stop. Yeah. Stop. Um, <laughs> but as I got older, guys like Kurt Angle. Kurt Angle in 2006. That heel. That heel run of Kurt Angle. One of the mm-hmm. best ones I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, you know, Kurt. Yeah. Even John Cena. John Cena was a guy that, even though I was a teenager, like I genuinely didn't like watching him. And at, and now look back, I, he's one of the best wrestlers ever to exist. You know. But I, that fan in me, I was like, oh, I hate John Cena. But what an idiot I was back then. He's just one of the best. <laughs> I th- I think I, I I share the same sentiments as you, Mike, because I, I felt the same way at the same time in my life where you know college. Uh, it's cool I, to hate him. It's cool. Yeah, you know, <laughs> then you're like, oh, I'm all about girls, and then he works yeah. all this other stuff, and then you know, wrestling's always there. That's the great thing is wrestling's always there. And I, yeah, I, oh wow, that's a really. Came cool. back to it. Look, I came back to wrestling. Mom got me back. That's a that's a t-shirt. That's a t-shirt to be made. Wrestling will always be there. Yeah, I mean, listen, I've I've been watching for over 30 years, and it's like, you know, there's never been a lull for me as much as, you know, I mean, yeah, I missed a couple episodes of Raw when I was like 14, but I mean, you know. You didn't miss much. I didn't miss much, and now, I mean, now I watch everything. You know, I mean, my growing up for me, I was, I was a huge, I was a Hulk Hogan kid, and then I, you know, I'm, I'm a big heel guy. I mean, to me, Mr. Perfect Kurt Henning is one of the greatest wrestlers of all time, in my opinion. No doubt. No doubt. I, um, I grew up watching him, uh, Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase. And, like, going Undertaker is a huge – I'm a huge fan of Taker. I have a tattoo to my arm, you know, and a big Bray Wyatt guy just because of what he does in the ring. Like, you know, like, that's what we talk about in our podcast. I mean, yeah, we're just two guys that like wrestling, but we're two guys that – love wrestling so much that we like to divulge all the stuff that none of the podcasts talk about. We're just two normal guys, but in the eyes of the fans. So, I mean, you know, that for us, wrestling will always be there and it's always an escape for us. So, I mean, I, I can't, 
you know, think about what my life would be without wrestling because it's been there my whole life. No, I couldn't, and, that's um, a beautiful way to say it, man. That's yeah, a beautiful way to say it. It's, it, it's, it's an amazing thing. And I mean, you know, for you to love The Rock growing up, I mean, I think a lot of people around your age that are in the wrestling business probably seen him as an influence. I mean, that's Alex's favorite wrestler. He was one of mine growing up just because of the charisma that he had. So, like, so like, let me ask you, like, when you're walking to the ring, like, is that what you're trying to show off? Like, like I'm going for The Rock's charisma. I'm going <laughs> for, like, Kurt Angle's moveset. Like, is there something that, like, like a certain thing that you watched when you were younger that you take into the ring now? The melting pot of, of, of wrestlers into one. I love that. I love that term. It's yeah. funny that you say that. I'm not, I don't, you know, the evolution of my career. So when I first started, I, I the Man of Steel name was supposed to be more like the Iceman Chuck Liddell. Like it was just a <laughs> moniker. It wasn't yep. something that you mm-hmm. need, you know? Um, and I, I remember I wanted to, I had a manager at the time and I was, like I said, one of the more physically fit guys on the indie New York indie scene back in that time period. So I had, I had a look where it's like, I want to be this ass kicker, this much smaller Brock Lesnar look. And, and over time, you know, the man of steel thing kind of, kind of took it, took its own, you know, it kind of went off with the raises and kind of became its thing where it's like, look, man, like he looks like Superman. He acts like Superman. He wrestles like Superman. Yeah, you definitely have the jawline. Yeah, he is Superman. You know, like that's the thing. Like, it got to the point where fans were actually like making like artwork of like me with the cape and all that stuff. And I was saying like this, this is this is the brand. Like, this is the brand. Like, there ain't no other wrestler that you know they could try to say they're Superman or they could say you know I remember WWE used to call Cesaro the Swiss Superman, but you don't see that when you look at him. You look at him, he's just a he's a beast. Like he's a wrestling yeah. beast. He's amazing. So, yeah. <laughs> So it was kind of like one of those things where I said, let me just kind of run with it. And it kind of evolves with that. But, you know, to look at my first, you know, entrances when you walk out and you get in the ring, you know, like that's when you start thinking like, okay, yeah, uh, let me try to be like this. Like, like I said, with Brock, it's like, I didn't go out doing the whole Brock Lesnar entrance, but it's like, if I want to portray that as like my gimmick, then that's, that's, I'm going to have to try to be like that. And when it comes to the moves, exactly like you said, Guy like Kurt Angle was someone I did base a lot of my moves on earlier in my career. A lot of the belly to bellies. I never did Germans or anything, and I was never a technical guy. But that little like, look, Kurt Angle is no surprise. He's not a big man, you know. That's same here. I'm five ten if I'm lucky. I put my boots on. I'm six foot if I'm lucky. You know what I'm saying? But we're muscle bound little guys. You know me. You know Angle, Malenko, Guerrero. I'm not. I'm gonna say his name because it's just wrestling wise. But like a Benoit. Like these are the type of guys that I had to study. But I always had that mindset of of I need to make my own brand. I can try to emulate the charisma of the Rock and try my best to have that because if you have the charisma of the Rock, you're gonna make it. Um, but the charisma of Mike Verna also got me a lot more. You know, got my own success. So you never want to kind of emulate or try to be what someone is, but you want to. I definitely aspire to their success in those particular categories. No doubt about that. Those, those are, those are great words of wisdom right there. So uh, I got a question for you. So what are your goals for this year? What do you, you know, from, from acting to, to wrestling and, and everything in between, what are your goals? What do you want to achieve this year? 
Well, that's great. That's, you know, it's funny. I haven't had a chance to really look at like, um, you know, myself and say, well, these are the goals that I want to achieve and here's my resolutions. Cause I'm, I'm very much a go with the flow type of guy. Like I'm always grinding. I'm always hustling. I'm always working. Like that's the thing. Like, you know, yesterday it was 12 o'clock at night and I'm readjusting my reel. You know, my agent called me, goes, I got a commercial lined up for you, an audition that we need to do. They want to see some more reel footage. And I'm sitting there at fucking 12 o'clock trying to piece together all this stuff. So I'm constantly grinding and just kind of taking everything as it comes. But I would really like in a perfect world. Well, the best, the best answer in short would be to, to continue to stay busy because a busy schedule means a successful schedule, a happy schedule. Absolutely. And, you know, but keep, I, keep the work coming. I think, yeah, hell yeah. Keep the work coming. I would love to land um, a role in either a movie or a TV show that's prominent enough. Like I've done a lot of pilots. I've done a lot of lead roles and pilots that because of COVID, they haven't really seen the selling room yet. I hope one of those uh, things picked up, but you know, I've done a lot of indie movies and stuff like that, but I would love to land something that really like kind of transcend my career into the next atmosphere. Um, and when it comes to wrestling, since this is a wrestling podcast and wrestling is my, I always say this, no matter what I do career wise, wrestling is the reason why I did it. Nice. You know, other, than, other than baseball. Well, even baseball, because I chose not to be a college baseball player to wrestle. And if I would have done four years of college baseball, then I probably would have never been a wrestler. So everything I do is because of wrestling. That's the way I look at it. Uh, I, I think I'm at that point now where I definitely need to start looking at it from a standpoint of, do I want to be contracted somewhere or do I want to kind of keep this as, this is, this is going to be deep and this is going to be the first time I'm saying this publicly, but do I want wrestling to become my side hustle? Mm -hmm. uh, which, means, which means, is it going to be a hobby or is it going to continue to be a full-time job? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's, that's the thing. Because I love wrestling and I love how much fun it is. But, you know, if other things start keep coming in and they fill the wallet much easier than wrestling, <laughs> it's yeah. going to be tough. It's going to be tough. But, you know, but here's I'm, the beautiful never... thing about that is it's an option. It's an option. And, it's not, it's, really, yeah. and not a lot of people can say that. Yeah, I appreciate that because that's the way I look at it. That's exactly yeah. how I look at it. Well, Mike, listen, we appreciate you coming on the podcast. We can't thank you enough. Um, this has been a great interview. Um, it's always great to hear professional wrestlers tell their side of the story. And you did that today, and we can't thank you enough. So thank you so much. No, guys, thank you. This was a really fun conversation, and it went by incredibly quick. Now, that conversation went by really quick, too quick to the point that it cut us, cut us off of the Zoom call. But we did have a little yeah, conversation to with totally Mike after. Totally disappointing. For, and, he, and he said it. I don't, I don't know if it made it to – it will make it to air or not, but – 40 minutes that was like i felt like i just clicked uh join join meeting yeah it did he's such a cool guy great down to earth dude i felt and like he was we here talked, yeah we talked he's so much a guy so so tom singh is like i gotta get somebody in the studio we gotta yeah. get him in here he would be the guy to sit right over there on the casting couch over there if he didn't it's a regular couch. if he didn't <laughs> live in brooklyn he would probably be here but no honestly like you know we just talked to a guy who not just wrestling, but he's an actor. He's a baseball coach. Like, but wrestling is still his passion. You can never get the wrestling out of the wrestler. No. Does that make sense? That's just put it on a shirt. Put never get the wrestling out of the shirt. Ne never. You can never get the wrestling out of the wrestler. So, ladies and gentlemen, that was our big interview with Mike Verner, the Man of Steel. Unless it's sports entertainment. Unless it's sports entertainment. There you entertainment. go. There you go. That's um, for the back of the shirt. Great. I bet you didn't think that you heard voices again, but you are. So, as always. Uh, we are Sons of Flip Radio, the 100 on man Thomas Lisi, always joined the most handsome dad in the room, Mr. Alex Drayton. Um, check us out on social media. You never know where the next interview will be. Could be tomorrow, could be next week. You never know. But follow us everywhere. 
And as always, and follow Mike Verna. And follow Mike Verna. Follow Mike Verna. He's a good fucking dude. And watch all of his matches on YouTube. In the meantime, peace, love, and wrestling. And as always, take care. Later, Gert.